0: We weren't really acknowledging all of these shitty things or the experiences of people with different identities and so i was like well okay i guess i'm gonna have to bottle this up when i'm in the golf spaces and kind of play along to whatever the golf says i need to play along to it was just really really lonely
1: That is Maya Reddy. Maya is a former professional golfer who is now just days away from securing her law degree from the University of Pennsylvania. This is Open Invite, a three-part series that shares Maya's path in golf. Despite success as a junior, being named All-American three times in college, and eventually competing at the professional level, Maya's relationship with golf hasn't always been straightforward. Growing up and competing in Northern California, Maya began unpacking her relationship with her identity as a queer woman of color and navigating those identities in a space that historically has not been the most welcoming. In this first episode, we'll hear how Maya got her start in the sport, what competition means to her and her family, and how Maya made sense of her place in the world. I'm Connor, and I'm one of the hosts of the Group Golf Therapy Podcast. The Open Invite series is produced by us at Mind Your Media in conjunction with the team at Uncommon. To understand the impact that golf has had on Mama's life, we have to go back to the beginning.
2: We love her. We miss her so much. I'm telling her, come back home. (laughs) I hope she, you know, wherever she goes, she should be happy and she would be content with what she's doing. That's the main thing. But of course we'd love her back home and every time she comes, you know, it's just a joy for us.
1: As you might guess, that's Maya's mom, Preetha. Maya's very existence came along at the perfect time for her parents.
2: Her name tells you everything. Her name means magic. She's in-vitro fertilized, Maya. <laughs> so um, it, it was a long nine years. I almost quit when the doctor said, one more time. Because uh, you, you get very tired, you know, mentally, physically, you get very tired. Because you have to take all those medications, the injections. It's just, it's a long road. And here, here there I was, I got pregnant. And that's it, and never got pregnant again. Tried one more time after Maya was born, hoping that there'd be another sibling, but, uh, you know, only child. (laughs) She has buddies that she grew up with here, seven of them. Uh, She's the only one uh, who's a lonely sibling, lonely child. All the rest of them have, uh, you know, uh, siblings. because she played so many games when she was little. I mean, we made sure she was not sitting at home and like a zombie watching TV. She she was in basketball and she even played baseball. She hated it. One, one summer I put her in baseball. I said, nope, we're gonna try everything. And uh, she was in soccer, tennis. I mean, never stayed home.
0: I grew up in this neighborhood, Sunset West in Redding, California. It was my family and then three other Indian families. And all of the dads kind of knew each other from India, which is really funny and magical that we all ended up in the, the same neighborhood. So all of the kids, we all grew up together and they're like my siblings. And so the boys, like I always wanted to be like them, just like hang out with them, be just like them, be as cool as them. I don't know if it was the first time that I hit a golf shot, but I have this like really vivid memory of going. We were members at this club called Riverview Country Club, and it was like all of the families were members there. My dad was hitting balls and it was me and a couple of uh, my other friends that I grew up with and all boys who were like, let's just like go hammer drives. I just like have this really vivid memory of being on that range and just like hammering drives, trying to see if we could get it over the net on the back. And because I was keeping up with them, I was like, oh, I just want to keep doing this. Like, I just want to be on the same level as these guys. And it wasn't really anything to do with golf the sport and more so like, can just bomb drives and be you know like I can play with the boys and that was like that was what I wanted to do. It was kind of just really pure when I was younger.
1: Maya's family who would all convene in Reading for summer breaks started to take note of her ambition and competitive edge.
3: You could tell that very early Maya is the most athletically gifted out of all of us for sure. And it wasn't even golf. I think she could have been successful in several different sports, but she just really took to golf and that just became her thing. My name is Roeth Reddy and I am Maya's cousin. Maya as a person, extremely ambitious person. You could tell that from a very, very young age that she had big aspirations. And sometimes it was a little bit unrealistic, and I'll give you a perfect example of this. We went one winter to Whistler in Canada, and the Vancouver Winter Olympics were going to be happening maybe a few weeks after, and the mountain was all olympic out and everything. Maya, on that trip, convinced herself that she was going to become an Olympic snowboarder. It's not like... She's doing 360s off of a half pipe or going crazy down a mountain or anything like that. She was a very good snowboarder, but a month later or something that, she got her mom to send her to this camp, this like, like a Woodward style camp. There was like, you know, people that are like hella good at snowboarding and, and I think there was a foam pit and they're like doing all these jumps and stuff like that. And I'm just like, my, like, I don't know if this is it, man. Like, and she's already, this is well into her golf career. She's like, you know, really good at golf, but like convinced herself that she's gonna be an Olympic snowboard after this one trip to Whistler. So she goes to this camp and gets hurt and has to come back early. And luckily she got hurt, because I'm glad we didn't go down that path any further than that, because who knows what happened. Over the years, it's become a little bit more pragmatic and realistic, which is great. But from a very, very young age, super, super crazy ambitious person.
0: Golf didn't really become, like, a thing that I really dived into until, I think, end of seventh grade, when my parents were like, okay, you're about to go to high school, you need to kind of, like, pick a lane so that you can foster that for college. So I started playing in more junior tour events, like actual competitive golf events, because we didn't have, like, a junior tour or junior competitions in Reading, and no teams until we got to high school so I was just kind of like futzing about with not really much to do so we started playing um like going to the California Junior Tour the Northern California Junior Golf Association events which also had to drive like at least two hours for each event because Reading is two hours away from Sacramento and three and a half hours away from San Francisco where the majority of those events are held.
1: When you're a kid, diving headfirst into a sport you love takes time. Lots of it. And not just the time it takes to compete. It's the car trips, pick up from school, out to practice, back home, out again to games or tournaments. Hours and hours are spent behind the wheel for parents. Same is true for Maya's mom.
2: There was nothing here in Reading. Every tournament had, was out of town. Oh, I said, I can drive all the way up to San Diego and beyond that. I'm No way. We're not going anywhere, but beyond that. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. I really, you know, I used to kind of pacify her because she would be so upset. I used to play a little too. And so I happened on a par three. I happened to birdie that hole. I don't know how. But I birdied the hole. And of course, there goes the club against a tree. (laughs) She just flung her club because I birdied the hole and she didn't. (laughs) I miss her golf though. I miss not being there to play golf. I told her after I had knee surgery, I said, you have to come back and teach me how to play.
1: As golf competitions were ramping up, Maya started enrolling in coaching programs, clinics, and camps to stay ahead of the curve.
0: So Nike Golf Camp, I did that for two years. I did two separate years in Pebble Beach at the Stevenson School. I also did the Dave Pelz Clinic. I think I did that twice as well. And then the Kip Pewterbaugh School in Aviara, which is actually where I met my longtime swing coach, Wayne Searle. It was like a decade of working with him after that. And IMG Academies, <laughs> um, where I did that. Uh, the Ledbetters, hung out with the Ledbetters. And I think that's all I did. It was intense like i was really good at home like in reading which is not really saying a lot because they're the field was like really small and so going to these junior events i was like god fucking damn it all of these people are so good and they're my age or even younger and how am i supposed to deal with this and i remember being really embarrassing at first. Like, I didn't really know the rules, right? Like, I remember getting a two-stroke penalty at a tournament because I was standing in somebody's line on the green, but on the opposite side of the hole sacramento bay area there's a lot of really incredible women golfers that came out of that area like i remember playing really good golfers and a lot of folks that i ended up playing professionally with like i see on the symmetra tour grinding away so needless to say they were already really fucking good then and i was just like you know, coming from Bumblefuck, California, being like, la, 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 it was really good here, and that the barometer for good is completely different here. Just, like, really fucking terrifying.
3: I think that there were definitely lots of instances where she was going for a little bit too much. Credit to her, she's got a huge, huge driver like in, in her bag, and but there were times where maybe being a little bit more conservative. If she's out driving all the other girls by 60, 70 yards, she has a lot of room to play with, but I don't know if that was ever happening at any point in her career. At any point where did I ever see her like take a step back. I think also putting too much pressure on herself in her golf career. Once you're so ambitious and, you, and you're and expecting so much, sometimes just dealing with that pressure is really really difficult and that I saw definitely during throughout her uh, career is she's so self-driven because and credit to my aunt and uncle who are the absolutely the most supportive people and that there's no pressure whatsoever but she put so much pressure on herself that I think that um, you could see that just weighing on her at times during her golf career.
1: Pressure and competition for Maya became an outlet, an escape from her conflicted understanding of who she really was.
0: It really helped me ignore shitty things that were happening in, like, school. Like, I was very, very queer-coded. Like, had a bowl cut. Like, I was such a tomboy. I was wearing, like eight inch inseam cargo shorts from Abercrombie and Fitch and like polo shirts from like Abercrombie and Fitch, like insane tomboy. And when you look at those videos, you're like, yeah, this bitch is gay. Um, Even though I didn't know yet. Like I didn't even like care kind of thing. It was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm going to be the person that wears Abercrombie and Fitch on the PGA tour when I'm playing. And that was like a full ass thought that I would have all the time. Hey
1: everyone, this is Jonathan Cantor. I'm the founder of Uncommon, and I'm incredibly proud to release our Open Invite collection. Open Invite is an Uncommon capsule collection designed to be a call to action for inclusivity. It's built on a belief that tomorrow can be better than today. It's a story told through golf, but it's bigger than golf. Proceeds from the Open Invite collection will benefit the Out Foundation and Athlete Ally and their work to defend the rights of the LGBTQIA plus community and sport. Head over to uncommon.golf to grab your set of Open Invite golf balls. Thank you for listening. And now back to Maya.
0: I'm much more self-aware, obviously, than I was when I was in seventh grade. Um, So I like notice you know microaggressions discrimination I like I just notice how I move through the world a lot more than I did when I was in seventh grade and just wanted to like hit a drive on the fairway of number one and not duck hook into the Sacramento River if I had the same self-awareness I do now back then maybe I would have noticed a lot of more shitty things were happening but you know, like, it was almost like I got to escape it for a second. You know, there were kids in the locker rooms uh, being like, are you going to be a doctor or own a 7-Eleven? So there was shit like that. But I was just like, no, I'm, like, better at sports than you are. So, like, fuck off. It wasn't that I felt unwelcome. I don't think I I knew how to recognize that at the time. Honestly, even if it was there, but it was more so I was just like, no, I deserve to be here because, like, look how good I am.
2: Uh, you know, Maya was always a, a tomboy that she dressed like a tomboy. Unbeknownst, I mean, we didn't know anything but uh, nothing. I mean, we never had an inkling of anything uh, I, because I was a tomboy growing up. I did not want to be like a girl, I, did, I and I played a lot of sports. I mean, up to playing cricket too in college. But, uh, you know, I didn't ever think anything about it. It was later on, I think, in high school, I think. I always say this to everybody, you know, parents who feel, you know, that they cannot say anything. We have friends whose kids are also gay. And I I mean, I just indirectly say, you know what? There are children. What are you going to do? What can you do? What you can do is stand by them. Be there for them. That's the best thing you can do for your child. No matter what, whether it's they're gay or straight, it doesn't matter. A parent is meant to stand by the child because they brought them into this world. And it's a responsibility you take on when you decide to get pregnant.
0: So I don't think I really started thinking about my sexuality until I watched the show called South of Nowhere on the N. And it was about this one high school girl who like transferred or moved to LA and then meets this other like bisexual girl. And then it's kind of like a whole exploring their identities, falling in love, etc. I remember watching that and being like, wait, this feels... Like, my experience, like, movies and TV were, like, how I was processing and understanding myself. And so, I was, like, watching that, I was, like, wait. This, what they're saying is feeling familiar to me. Like, what does that mean? And so, I was, like, thinking about it more. And I remember I was had a math tutor because I'm famously horrible at math. I was in the Barnes and Noble in Reading doing math tutoring. And I went to the bathroom and I remember just being like really, really flustered at this time. And I was like, fuck, I need to go to the bathroom to text my mom. And I was like, so distracted that day because I was like, what if I'm gay? Like, am I gay? And I, I remember texting my mom being like, would you still love me if I was gay? And she basically was like, yeah, but can we talk about this later? You're in fucking math tutoring. (laughs) And so that was like, yeah, just like go fucking learn your math. And I was like, I will not. Classic Indian family. We didn't really talk about like sex and love or anything like that. It was just like focus on school and like golf and didn't really talk about it wasn't on my radar I think I like discovered porn at one time and so I'd be like oh my god like what's going on here I just really didn't want to admit that I was gay because like I could feel like I knew it but I didn't want to admit it like I didn't even know how to there was a part of me that deep down that definitely knew I was queer but a bigger part didn't want to admit that because I didn't want to be different. I was like, I already know I'm the brown kid. Like, I don't... The brown kid that plays sports that isn't good at math, like, that isn't taking all AP classes or getting straight A's. Like, I... Which, you know, like, all stereotypes for Indian kids. So I, like, I was super aware of that and I was like, I don't want to add one more thing. Like, I wasn't ready to conceptualize another thing. So I remember always being like, (laughs) I was like, I'm like Lady Gaga, Um, you know, like sexually. Like I would be with men or women, you know, I'll try anything once. Uh, And this was around 2008. Like, so the Obama election, and then that was also when Prop 8 was being pushed in California. And I remember getting really, really into that. Like I went to the first Pride Parade in Reading, like, I would always be, like, talking about, like, this is so fucking stupid that people are being anti-gay, um, and, you know, I would always do the things, like, I'm straight, but not narrow, (laughs) and I was not straight, um, but I was, like, super into that, and I just didn't even know, and I wasn't, I don't think I was ready to even be, like, is, this me? Am I, is this, am I queer? The representation in South of Nowhere like changed the course of how I started to think about my sexual identity. Milk made me understand the queer community like activism wise, like our history in a way that I don't think I would have been able to access. And so like representation has always been really important And I was just like, fuck, there's nobody out there in golf who's really talking about being a person of color or being queer. At that point, there was nobody like publicly, publicly out talking about it. And I was just like having this existential crisis where I was like, there's nobody, am I allowed? It was like, yeah, I'm allowed to be queer and brown in sports. I can see that through like Megan Rapino, through the Williams sisters, but like, I can I do that in golf? Like, am I allowed to be that in golf? I really wanted to obviously get out of my small town, be able to be around kind of like entertainment industry you know kind of like build that learn how to edit learn how to shoot producing learn how to tell stories and and what that means so that was like a really big thing and I really wanted to play golf on a college team right like I I really really wanted to do that and I ended up that that was kind of like the focus like I wanted to play golf I wanted to learn how to become like a producer a director and so I was like I'm going to go to LA and have my hills fantasy and so honestly that's really kind of what I was hoping college would be like but college would end up presenting me with a whole other set of obstacles
1: Next week on Open Invite. Maya heads to Los Angeles in search of more success on the golf course and deeper understanding of who she is off of it. Tournament wins and national championship appearances come at a cost. Maya experiences her biggest setback and faces more hardship in golf. Open Invite is produced by Mind Your Media. Proceeds from Open Invite benefit the Out Foundation and Athlete Ally visit uncommon.golf to learn more about the campaign. Music in this episode was licensed by Epidemic Sound. Thanks for listening. Hit 'em straight and mind your golf.